Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Here with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I am here with my co-host and partner in crime and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Um, good, except my camera's doing a weird thing. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, suddenly my yeah. background was, is a different color. I don't know. <laughs> There's some technicolor stuff going on here. I'm good, but that was weird. Yeah. That is a little weird. Well... I'm glad you're good, even if your camera's having a hard night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it is the psychic hour. Yes, it is. And we're glad to be here. It's an hour earlier, so I hope you guys remember and come and find us. We had to be an hour earlier because I'm a guest on the radio network that I work for at 8. So I'll tell you a little about it at the end of our show in case you want to chase me over there and listen. But that's yeah. why we had to come a little early tonight, but we sure weren't going gonna go so this is what we're doing right we just do it all and we do what we want (laughs) our mom did whatever she wanted she really did and that was basically her motto that i do what i want when i want and she did and our dad even died that way Um, totally did totally totally did she did what she wanted when she wanted and i've taken that on as my motto Mm-hmm. And my kids know that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're pretty famous for saying, mm, I do what I want. <laughs> Our spouses know this. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Most definitely. That is something that, you know, to be married to one of us, you're just going to have to learn to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, it's good it because is. we've taught our kids that too. Like, don't let anybody else control you. Yeah. You do what you want. All right. Absolutely. Always. Yeah. Well, we're here for the psychic hour and I'm excited about it. We are going to, we're going to do some mediumship. We're going to talk about the full moon. You guys might know that there is a full moon on Halloween. And that is, uh, (laughs) it is a full blue moon, which is such a rare, it's so rare to get a full moon on Halloween. I know it's it's really rare. Full blue moon. So yeah. Some astrologers we know are just freaking out over that one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about it because there's just there's already so much tense energy in the air right now. You yeah. know, we didn't really need this too. Yeah, has everybody really feeling it anyway? And now add this crazy moon to it, and you know we're supposed to get a, a meteor flyby next week. All right, and election day, and Mercury goes direct on election day. And Christy and I are not astrologers. We just happen to have worked with a lot of astrologers over the years, and so mm-hmm. we. Uh, we We've absorbed some of their language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, there's just been a lot. And Mars is also still retrograde. And Mars being retrograde has, has really contributed to the bullshit, you know, to the orneriness, to the persnickety crankiness that we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. That's been a lot. Mars being retrograde has uh, amplified that a ton. So. Yeah, it's a weird time. There's a lot going on all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the blue moon, uh, I've heard, really had clients all week saying that they are feeling it already. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing lots and lots of wild dreaming, mm. which is pretty normal during the, you know, close to the Been happening moon. to me. Whew. Me too. Me too. And everybody's telling me that their animals are being jerks. <laughs> Or at least being weird. Maybe they're not being jerks. Maybe they're, you know, 
nicer than what's going on at my house, but you know, <laughs> I'm hearing from a lot of people that their animals are really acting up. So I'd be curious to know if you guys' animals are acting up or what's going on. How are things going at your house? You know, everybody's doing okay. The, the one that really gets affected usually is Zizi, and Zizi got stung by something on Monday, and so she's on meds, and so she's very docile at the moment. She's got an, an anti-inflammatory pain medication that obviously makes her sleepy because she's been much quieter than usual. Wow. She's a busy girl. Yes, she is. She is a wild lady, so... Yeah, that must be affecting her a whole bunch. It must be. But yeah, no, I haven't really noticed that so much. I mean, my my cats are just kind of their usual level of naughty because mm -hmm. they're cats, you know. My piggies have been <laughs> super, super naughty. Yeah. And it's really well, one of them are Fiona. I'm showing you a picture. This picture is so funny. <laughs> so pigs blow their coat. Once a year, they, in the course of like a week, they will shed all of their hair and start over. Why is she blowing her coat in the fall? She does it every year. We've talked about this in depth. Her brother does it in the spring like a normal pig, not this one. She yeah. does it every fall. So I showed a picture. She is looking super pathetic and rough right now. <laughs> But she that naked starts. part used to be this real cool mohawk that she could stand straight up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she usually starts at the top of her head and down her spine. And then everything else starts coming over or off, you know, past that. So in one day, my husband and daughter managed to shed her entire spine. Yeah. From the top of her head all the way down to her tail. And so she just, <laughs> it's a reverse mohawk. She looks <laughs> awful. Really but. Bad. And this is a picture from a couple of days ago. I've worked on her a lot the last couple of days. She wants you to. She'll rub up against you and just kind of stand and stare at you. And you start helping her pull her hair out. And you rub lotion on her and she runs and screams and bawls. And then she comes back for more. And <laughs> she, she hates it and she wants it at the same time. So, you know, so she's blowing her coat, which, you know, she's in a bad mood for good reason. But, uh, and, but it's still really clingy. So it's like. She wants you, but she also hates you, but she mm -hmm. wants you. So her poor brother doesn't know what to make of this, but I had a little row with him this morning <laughs> about the couch because he keeps trying to pull the cushions off the couch. He likes to pull the cushions off and sleep like on the bare springs, you know, and obviously I don't like that because it's my mm -hmm. furniture and because it's just destructive, you know? Yeah. And also because then they'll push the cushions all over the house. <laughs> It's getting cold outside, so they want to be in the all the time, life. but they have entertainment. Yeah. So this morning, he and I had a fight over him trying to push the cushions off the couch. And you'll see in this picture, he's now pissed off and has shoved his snout up inside one of the cushions of the couch and is pouting. <laughs> he sat like that for a good five minutes, wouldn't budge and wouldn't look at anybody. Did you guys know that pigs pout? Mm-hmm. Because uh, they do. <laughs> that zigzag, having a fit. So anyway, I would say the full moon's working on my kids because they have been bitches for the last few days <laughs> that's funny yep so yay full moon <laughs> it's great mm -hmm. love it well so beyond that for you guys i would recommend during this full moon that you pay attention to your dreams because mm, obviously definitely a bunch of that happening and i would recommend on the full moon that you get yourself outside 
and get into her race for a little while and really soak them up for a little bit. That's important. If you have crystals or other magical tools, the full moon is a brilliant time to clear them. So carry your stuff out to the step or to, you know, your back patio or whatnot and let your stuff get cleared in the full moon. That's a brilliant way to clear your objects, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. What else would you recommend for this full moon? Um, I would recommend thinking before speaking. I feel like there's going to be a lot of just kind of feeling snappy and irritated and you might pop off with some things that you regret. And so just being aware beforehand this weekend, you may be a little extra touchy and really stop yourself and think, do I really want to say that? Do I actually mean that? You know, like just be a good steward of your thoughts and your words and be aware that this kind of energy can make you more um, irritable. And in that you can hurt your relationships by saying things you don't really mean just because you're feeling irritated. Yeah. That's super, super good advice. Yeah. Is it going to be worth it? <laughs> is it a can of worms you want to open? And right. is it going to be worth it when the election's over? Is it going to be worth it when the month's <laughs> over? Right. It really is kind of a good time to spend some time by yourself, <laughs> to kind of pull back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. do some solitary things or just really relax and, you know, take good care of yourself over the weekend. You feel like you have to be out in the world so much and, you know, take a little social media break. I mean, it's a good time to just recognize that there's going to be a lot of snitty behavior and that it's okay to just pull back from that. Yeah. Most definitely. Snitty behavior. I like that. Snitty behavior. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing at my house. You know, Snitty our aunt used to say that sometimes she would be so mad she wanted to snatch somebody bald. And I think this is going to be <laughs> a snatch somebody bald in a weekend. Yeah. And so it's just a great idea to go, I just got to take good care of me this weekend and let everybody mm-hmm. else do the same. Yep. Or snap someone in half. Yep. Snap someone in half. Yes. Snap them in half or snatch them bald or both. I mean, it depends on what they did. You right. Know. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard to say. <laughs> Her husband, I think, he was in danger of both. Um, always. Still is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about mediumship. I mean, here we are uh, this time of year between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. Is some people believe the most psychic time of year is the time of year when the veil is the thinnest. It is the time of year that a lot of people receive more psychic hits and psychic information than they normally do. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to talk about that in the sense of uh, communicating with people who have passed. If you're familiar with the phrase mediumship, or if you're not, that's what it means essentially is talking to people who have died. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, there's two different kinds of mediums. There are accidental mediums mm-hmm. who have contact with the spirit world on accident every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. you hear or you see something occasionally, maybe from a distance. Sometimes you hear your name. Mm-hmm. Anybody had that experience? You know, maybe yeah. uh-huh. Maybe every once in a while something comes through to you, but you're not really sure how it's happening or why. That's an accidental medium. Mm-hmm. Some people hone those skills or, or don't, but just have a higher, you know, high sensitivity to being a more purposeful medium that talks to people who have passed on purpose. Yeah. So I, a lot of it's just about practicing and learning skills. Yeah. And then from there, you have stage mediums 
Mm-hmm. You have people who do things more from a, a sign sense, like seances, Ouija, things like that. And then you have people who just tune in and ask questions. So there's a lot of different kinds of mediumship. Uh, there has been, I think Hollywood has given us a bit of a skewed sense of mediumship over the last few years. Uh, some reality television shows around mediumship. I feel like everyone needs to really remember that that's TV. Um, <laughs> I dropped a rock on my laptop if you want to know the truth. <laughs> I figured that was it. But, <laughs> you know, and so you do have to remember. I had, honestly, professionally, I quit doing mediumship a couple of years ago because I was so tired of people calling me wanting the Long Island medium. Yeah. And I finally went, what you guys think mediumship is and what it really is or what it is to me aren't exactly the same thing. And I got fed up. So I still do a ton of mediumship, but I pulled back a little bit professionally, just, you know, being with, because of snitty behavior on my mm-hmm. own part. <laughs> snitty I got tired of that conversation. Mantra. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, the I mean there are, there are trans mediums, but, but that's really rare. Mm-hmm. It's really, really rare. It's not mm-hmm. the way it works for most people. Mm-hmm. Well, and, or and who you, wants to be a trans medium, a trans medium, not trans, Jesus Christ, a trans, trans medium. Yeah. No, not fun. Mm. I don't. Cranky said she heard someone call her in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that when you start talking to people, regardless of who they are, regardless of their uh, religious beliefs, whatever, if they will be candid with you, they'll start spilling out ghost stories, whether mm-hmm. it happened to them or to their grandma or in their building or whatever. Yeah. People have stories. And if they are vulnerable enough, they will tell you stuff that is just unbelievable. You know, yeah. very interesting. Oh, she said, we think it was the man who owned and lived in the house years ago. They are a nice couple, but it freaked me out. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> disembodied voices are a little freaky yeah you know the best thing you can do though is turn around and say what respond just like you would if the person was in the physical turn around and yeah. say i'm here what do you want me to know mm-hmm. let him let him communicate with you and then they may or may not at that point but mm-hmm. that's the polite thing to do if mm-hmm. you're walking down the street and somebody calls your name do you turn and hustle by you know yeah. no you would typically turn around and find out who it was and say hello it's no different, but yeah. yeah, I get that from people a lot that they have a spirit pestering them. And I'm like, Oh, what did they want? <gasps> well, I didn't talk to them. Why? Well, I don't know. Should I have? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fear for a long time. Sure. And I think this is the problem. There's a lot of fear, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for me, I started seeing spirits. My earliest recognition is being about four years old. Uh, We lived in a very old house and my bedroom was in the basement. And I can remember in the night having a woman in a long, long, like Victorian style dress with her hair in a bun standing next to my bed and a little boy with a red ball that always wanted to play. And I was Mm -hmm. so scared and others, but those were the two that were always with me quite a bit. And I was always so freaked out by that. For years, I was so afraid of that that I was a, a bed peer because I was too afraid to get out of my bed and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so it took me a long time. And after a while, I didn't really see him anymore. I would occasionally, 
but I didn't just see them so readily like I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 19, 20, well, a little older than that, when I had my first baby, we bought our first house and I could see a dead person hanging in my closet, like someone hanging like from a noose and in my bedroom. And I was so afraid of that house. And I always had visions of that house burning down. I kept seeing flames and fire everywhere. I would unplug every freaking thing in that house at night. I would make the baby sleep in our bedroom. The dogs had to sleep in our bedroom. And all night long, every night, I was afraid that house was going to burn down because I kept seeing fire. Mm-hmm. So I finally spilled my guts to a friend of ours that I was seeing this dead person in the closet. And at the time, uh, I had a brother-in-law that was suicidal and had made a few attempts. And I kept thinking that was a premonition because I had a lot of gifts. I just didn't know how to use them. And I kept yeah. thinking that was a premonition that he was going to kill himself, that that's what I was seeing. And I'm seeing all the flames in the house. So I finally tell a friend of ours who is an amazing medium. And she was like, well, you really need to talk to the guy in the closet and find out why he's there. And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm not (laughs) doing that. And she's like, when are you going to stop denying your gifts? And I said, I am never doing this. I don't want to do this. And it's not going to happen. So (laughs) you talk to the guy in the closet. (laughs) So she said, I'll talk to the guy in the closet. But you know, at some point you have to come to terms with your own gifts and figure out what you're going to do with them. And I was like, no, no, I don't. So... (laughs) So she talked to the guy in the closet. So it turned out he was hung on my property long before my house was here, like a couple hundred years before my house was here for a fire that he did not commit. And he was hanging out and kept trying to get my attention because he just wanted to plead his innocence. He wanted people to hear that he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, once Kim talked to him and, you know, worked things out with him, he left. I never saw him in there again. That's all it took. But until somebody heard him, you know, and and heard his story, he just kept coming back. Yeah. Um, But that explained the flames, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Once she dealt with him for me because I was a big chicken, uh, it never happened again. I didn't see the flames. I didn't see him. It was all good. But she was the one that was like, okay, at some point you're going to be ready and you're going to need some help and you're going to have to deal with yourself. And I didn't (laughs) because I do what I want when I want. What did I say Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a while? But uh, I I did a lot of studying and I adored Sylvia Brown, loved her. And Mm -hmm. I read in one of her books one time that you will see scarier things from Hollywood and in a scary movie than you would ever see in the spirit world. And that made a real impact on me, really made a big impact. I I still fall back on that sometimes that what we think of the other side or ghosts or the spirit world is so heavily influenced by Hollywood and what we think is scary or is going to be scary may very well not be. Right. And that made a big difference for me. But when I was around 26 ish, 27, my husband's stepbrother was killed in a car accident and he was in Las Vegas. And so as soon as he was in the accident, my in-laws had headed for Vegas and then he passed. And so my husband and I had loaded up their younger kids 
and drove them to Vegas to be there for the service. And we didn't know him. We'd only met him a couple of times. And so we weren't really there as mourners, more of kind of help, you know. And I had no intention of going up to the casket because, well, why would I? I didn't know him and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't. We were sitting in the very back of the chapel. And out of nowhere, he's just talking in my ear. And he's telling me all about the accident and what happened. And because there was a lot of speculation. It was in the middle of the night. It was in the mountains outside of Las Vegas. And there was no reason for him to be where he was or doing what he was. And we had this long talk about it. And he wanted me to tell his dad some things. And I was like, oh, that's not going to be received well, you know. (laughs) And, And they don't like me. And I don't want to do that. And because so we agreed that if the timing was right, I would share those messages with his dad. And, but that was such a clear, and I was conveying everything he was telling me, I was telling my husband. So Tony's saying this and this and this and this and this. And he was like, this is an incredible thing. You should be helping other people, you know? So it wasn't, it was a few years after that, that I started offering mediumship professionally. But I don't think that it ever really sunk into me how powerful that is until I lost my parents. Right. And we lost our parents in a really tough way. Both of our parents had cancer and they died 18 months apart. Our mom was 55. Our dad was 60. I mean, they were young. Yeah. And we took care of them through the ends of their lives. And again, they died so close together. I know you guys have probably figured out by now that our family is extremely close and they were amazing parents and people and we, and friends. And it really, it's, it's been a heartbreaking thing. Now our mom's been gone now for nine years and dad's been gone for about seven and a half years and it has sucked, you know, without question, but losing our mom, and having her support in the spirit world, but also recognizing what that, how precious that connection really is, really changed mediumship for me in wanting to be able to offer that to other people. What did sure. you say? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that makes so much sense when you really experience it yourself. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we were talking about how the veil is pretty thin right now. And, and one of the ways that I experience mediumship is in dreams. And I have had so many dreams this month of mom and dad and our grandma Brower mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And they're just mundane. We're out shopping. We're doing some family event. It's just the kind of stuff we used to do before they mm-hmm. passed. Um, and so they've really been visiting and around a lot. I've had some really funny dreams where I'm like, wake up. I'm like, what the, what the hell? You know, but that's where like my own personal experiences really come for me is in my dreams. And I, I had a really funny dream of our grandma Brower recently that we were waiting in line at Kmart for them to open for this huge clearance sale. And we were way back in the line. Uh, It was like this big serpentine line, but somehow we were way back in the line, but we were still sort of close to the door. And when they opened the door, me and grandma rushed the door, which my grandma would never have done that. (laughs) I would not have done that. But we rushed the door and ran in and, and we're like the first people in and we're doing all this clearance shopping. I don't know. It's the weirdest <laughs> dream ever. And we all grew, you know, we all worked at Kmart growing up. And so, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that's why we took grandma shopping at Kmart a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was like I had a visit from grandma and we went shopping at Kmart. Oh, 
Yeah. As you would. Yeah. yeah. As you as you would. Mm-hmm. You know, she was pushing the shopping cart very slowly, as she did. <laughs> as she would. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's uh that's I think I love those dreams. I really I truly believe that they are a visitation and that they're a gift that we get. And I know I noticed somebody said earlier that they don't ever remember their dreams. Mm-hmm. And I know some people don't. It is uh, what's going on in your subconscious. If you don't remember your dreams, I would wager that when you were really little, you had nightmares. Mm-hmm. And your system, right, your guides, your psyche, your subconscious shut dreaming down for you. Not dreaming. You're dreaming. You're just not remembering it. But mm-hmm. shut that down for you because you it's too much. It was too painful, you know. Yeah. And I would imagine that that's actually the case, that the really little night terrors, night, you know, bad dreams that did that for you. I've seen that quite a bit. Um, Bianca said, what about psychic smells? Occasionally we smell alcohol. Oh, yeah. Smell alcohol and cigars in our home in certain spots. We hear boots on the wooden floor, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is somebody. Yeah. Psychic smells is... uh, What's it called? It's Ocu. Ah, I can't remember. It's one yeah, of the there's a word for it, but I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But oh yeah, Claire. Ah, God, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> let me look it up because I can't okay. remember either. Yeah, but psychic smells, Bianca. I think psychic smells are amazing and are really uh, are very valid. And a lot of people experience psychic smells. Uh, Claire aliens. Oh, well, I was way off. Okay. I'm not sure. You know, I was trying to say oculumency, which is actually something from Harry Potter. So yeah. never mind. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's, know what I'm talking about. But, you know, but. our grandma wore white shoulders um, perfume. Yeah. And I smell it. I will smell uh-huh. it in my house regularly. She also chewed big red gum mm-hmm. and that cinnamon gum. And I will smell that, too. Those things. Mm-hmm. And our dad wore Elsha uh, cologne. Uh-huh. And I will smell Elsha. Uh-huh. Or Chantilly Lace, that our other grandma, our mom's yes, mom, Chantilly, Chantilly Lace, mm-hmm. and I'll smell that when she's around. Or, uh, oh, no, I can't say the name of it. A, a cologne that our cousin wore before he passed. Oh, yes. Was it Obsession? Obsession. 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 Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. And I'll smell that. Yeah. It, those are, that is such a powerful way to get your attention because your memories and sense are deeply intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so, helping you to smell something that reminds you of a person is a really powerful way to let you know that they're around. Cigarette smoke is one I hear all the time from people. If you had a family member who smoked, you will immediately know that it was Mm -hmm. them. Yep. So for you, Bianca, though, in the house, smelling the alcohol, the cigars, and the boots, I just think that's so interesting because I see, like... An old, I don't want to say an old cowboy, but like an old working man, you mm-hmm. know, that uh, is tromping around your house. That like he, farmhand. Yeah. Something like that. I yeah. am not convinced he's connected to you. I think he's connected to the house. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's there checking in. A lot of times people who have passed in a spot will come back and check on it from time to time. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the house that was there before your house, you know, mm-hmm. or 
they're just drawn to that area for whatever reason. Um, last year, my son, one of his best friends was living in an old house in a college town with a roommate and they were having a ton of paranormal activity. And this is a kid who doesn't really, hadn't really believed in this kind of stuff before, which is fine. But suddenly he and his roommate are totally wigged out because mm-hmm. the doors are opening and slamming. Uh, there's specific uh, drawers in the house or in the kitchen that keep opening. The bathroom door opens on its own. And they both hear a woman crying sometimes in the house. So, of course, you know, they call me and <laughs> we work on it. And it was so interesting. It was a girl. Her name was Sarah. She died not in that house, but in that neighborhood when she was at college age, right around their age. And she is so drawn to those boys. They were like brothers for her. She has brothers or had brothers around that age. And she was so drawn to those boys and their kind of protective masculine energy. She just felt safe in their house Mm -hmm. and wanted to stay. And once they knew and they understood, then they both had this very protective uh, vibe towards Sarah. And they both agreed, of course, she can stay here. Um, Don't slam stuff in the middle of the night if you wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. And she did stop doing that. But she did occasionally leave something open. Just uh, I think she was just reminding him that she was there, you Mm -hmm. know. And when he was out of that house, he was really worried about Sarah. And actually, it looked to me like the roommate was going that Sarah was going with the roommate. She was going to probably track wherever he went. Right. <laughs> she loved those boys. She was really attached to them. Wow. But anyway, um, but in that case, you know, Sarah didn't have any real attachment to that house. She just found those boys and wanted to be there around them. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There are yeah. so many reasons why um, somebody might be around. That's one really important part to understand about mediumship is that there are a lot of reasons why a spirit might be around you or coming into contact with you. And Mm -hmm. and it's not ever that they're mean or hateful or want to hurt you. That's just not it. That's not the reason. That would Um, be an extremely rare event. Yeah. And I mean, it does happen, but it is Mm -hmm. hardly ever the case. Yeah. Uh, Mouth of the South wants to know is our other sister psychic too? Yes, she has. Act- she used to actually be on our original radio show with us. Uh huh. Yep. But then she got all busy and you know kids right. and blah. I did <laughs> want to answer. Somebody asked a little bit ago, "What is trance mediumship?" I brought it up, and then we didn't talk about it. Okay. So trance mediumship is when a medium allows a spirit to take over their body and actually speaks through them. Uh Remember in the movie Ghost, um, she was a trance medium. Those do exist. Um, It's really painful and uncomfortable and not that many people do it. And and lots of people don't want to do it. It's not, it's not fun. No, I don't like it. Mm -mm. One time I was doing an energy healing session on a client. And while I was working on her, I said, I just have this man like, right up next to me, right up next to you. He's super close. And I said, do you know who I'm talking about? And she said, oh yeah, that's my husband. He died two years ago. I was like, oh, okay, well that's sweet. You know, and he was there and he delivered a message to her and it was nice. And when our session was done, abruptly, I grabbed her and hugged her as hard as I could. (laughs) (laughs) He hugged her as hard as he could. And I did not like it. Uh, 
I was glad that she got to have a hug from her husband, but I was like, don't ever, ever do that again. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, that requires permission, jackass. And he was so cute and was so apologetic. He was just, he said, I'm just so excited to finally get to hold my wife, you know? Yeah. And I went, well, how could I really deny you getting to hug your wife, you know? But really, like, no, I don't no, like do that. that mm-hmm. No, no. I wanted to run back to a comment. I hope I can get back to it, actually. Shoot. Oh, yes, I can. I just have to know how to run this thing. Oh, well, um, Amanda go. said, I took a class to become a medium mm-hmm. after being told I have abilities, but I've been doing the meditating. It's not really feeling like it's coming. Does it take a super long time to kick in? Any tips? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think doing the meditating really, really helps. I would also, Amanda, be working on tuning in with specific people. I always tell people when you first start working with mediumship, really start tuning into to a, a couple, a person or two that has, have died that you know, that you trust, that you're really comfortable with tuning in with. Practice tuning in with them frequently, even if it's just to say hello. You know, there may not be some big resounding message. I mean, that's the funny thing with mediumship. So often it's not. It's rare that spirits, you know, bursting through to give you the news of a lifetime, you know, usually it's a show of support. It's an, I love you. It's an, I support you. It's an, I'm sorry you're struggling or it's a, you know, thing like that. Yeah. So don't expect like all these big earth shattering messages. You're not going to get them very often. But yeah. Amanda, I think for you really thinking about like grandmothers, friends, people that have passed that you would feel comfortable with start do the meditating, but every day or so call one of them to your side. And see if you can start working that direction. I, I absolutely agree that you're gifted and that it's just, it's finding the right formula for you. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, mediumship is very different for everybody. Well, yeah, it's not the same for everybody. I, For me, mediumship is, I'm much more a reader of energy. And so when when spirits come in for me, it's not them in how they looked in their physical life or and they don't really speak to me. They're an energy and I get a lot of impressions from them. And so from that, I can give messages, but it isn't like word for word. Tell me what my nickname was. No, I'm not going to get that. But I will get messages and impressions from Mm -hmm. them to be Mm -hmm. able to pass on. And so you kind of have to figure out what kind of a medium are you, you Uh know, by by practicing, by, Mm -hmm. you know, literally calling in. I I love that, Katie, people that you know. Yeah. Spirits that you know. That's how you practice, you know. Yeah. That's that's the best way to practice because that's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say this, one of the things with mediumship, people sometimes have very high expectations of, you know, tell me what color my shoes were when we got married or tell me what color or, you know, what, uh, what my favorite song is or something. And if, you know, if the medium can't tell you that sometimes that totally discounts their experience. And I understand that to some degree, nobody wants to get hoodwinked. I get that totally. And I think skepticism is smart, you know? Always be skeptics, always, you know, be healthy skeptics. But the truth is you in mediumship, it is very often that you do not get that specific. Partly because sometimes you're asking things that are kind of frivolous. Sometimes you're asking something that they flat out don't remember. (laughs) And that lots of times where they're like, should I have known that? Would I know that? I don't know. Maybe blue, you know, and you say, ah, he's not really sure, but he says maybe blue. (gasps) Well. He knows very well those shoes were green, you know, or something. And you're like, oh, bro, you're not ready for this, you know. No. 
Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Yeah, it yeah. is. But it's important to remember that when when people cross over, their priorities are significantly different than ours. They oh, yeah. lose their ego. They don't care about stupid stuff like who should get the money or what's the combination to the safe or that kind of stuff. They don't care. It's just yeah. all about love on the other side. And so a lot of those questions, they don't want to answer them because they don't even, there's, they have no priority to them. Yeah. Well, they're making contact with you, something they've been trying to do since they died. Yeah. And you want to ask questions like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, JR said, my mom and grandma passed about six months apart. Are they around me and my family? Are they together? I'm going to do some work on that one. JR, give me just a minute. Sure. Man, what a hard time for your family, losing them both so close. I feel like one passing just weakened the other to the point that it was kind of inevitable. They are very much together. Yeah, they're cute. They're laughing. They spend a lot of time together. Um, Not. (laughs) Okay. Grandma says they don't spend every second together. They drive each other crazy. (laughs) They're together a lot, though. Um, They're both around your family. It's interesting to me because they kind of have this divide and conquer. You know, if somebody's. They're not always around everyone at the same time, but they do spend a lot of time around your family. But they show me spending a lot of time together, too, with some other friends and family that have passed. Like, I feel like their their time is kind of split, but I really wanted a message for you because you're still really hurting. Okay, mom talks about you being misunderstood uh, with other family members and also you feeling like You don't fit in anywhere. And that she feels like she worries that she didn't always do as good of a job as she could in helping you to feel comfortable. She wants you to know that. She wants you to know that she really appreciates everything you've done on her behalf since she passed. She's showing me that you have been You've done some things in your family and been a a person of wisdom in your family that that the family really needed, even though she said it's been a thankless job. Um, Mm. Not always, but she said it's been a thankless job. And yet you have continued to uh, really carry yourself in a place of integrity when other people didn't. So she said so much gratitude from her for that and just so much joy. Uh, in connecting and just seeing the person that you've become. She, she has a lot of pride there and a lot of joy in you and, and really in the family around you as well. But uh, yeah, she's already came up from her regarding you multiple times. Sorry. Another rock. Uh, yeah. That was lovely. So that they're good. Lovely. They're fine. Yeah. That's very sweet. Uh, Stephanie asked, okay. um, Oh, what? Can you hear me? Katie, can you hear me? 
I can now. Yeah, okay. we kind of blinked yeah. out there for a second. We had a weird moment. Okay. I just wanted to say, Stephanie asked a question. I had a dream about my dad after he passed. And he said, I'm alive, not dead. This dream confused me. You, you got to realize that, I mean, just because the body dies doesn't mean that the person dies. He's not gone. And I feel like this was simply a message to you that he's not gone. That he is still around you and still present for you and can be called upon to guide you and support you. And anytime you need help with something, simply ask for him to assist you and he will. But it's just the reminder that um, when we shed yeah. these bodies, we're not really gone. We're just in a different plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, we just, well, you know? Yeah. I think you cut out there well, for me a second too. Connection problems. Christy, are you hearing me? I am now. Are you hearing me? Oh, JR said, wow, not going to lie. That made me cry. You know, my husband told me a while back that he thinks that really what I do for a living is just make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are very welcome. My honor. Very true. Yeah. Apparently that's what I do. I, I make people cry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, I loved it what you said to Stephanie about that. And I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I just think he wanted you to know he's not really gone. He didn't go anywhere. Not at all. Uh, let's see. Sarah said, my grandpa that helped raise me passed away 18 years ago yesterday. And both my cousin and I have been dreaming about him this week. Is he trying to give him a message or are we just missing him? How about both? Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to give you both a message. Yeah. He is so freaking proud of you, Sarah. He is. He says you had a rough start. He says you needed adults around you. He said you, that life failed you and let you down a few times. And that he said you were such an easy kid, too. He said she was such an easy kid to have around. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure you had kid hijinks, as all kids do. But he says, no, she was. She was just the best to have around. And he says he's been coming through. He says he actually comes and sees you in dreams quite a lot. And, but, uh, you know, you, you happen to be paying attention and noticing them right now. But he said it's very normal for him to show up and just come say hi and come visit you. There's yeah. a real comfort in him. I keep seeing the kitchen. There's a real comfort in him. Uh, not your kitchen, but his kitchen probably. But spending time in the kitchen, whether it was cooking or I wonder if it was just meals and just, you know, family time in the kitchen. But he shows me being in the kitchen with you and your cousin as well in that family time. But uh, family was everything to him, everything. Yeah. But he really wants you to know that what you have made of your life, he couldn't be more proud of. Because he says you, you had a rough start and you've, you've made a lot from it. And he's proud of you for that. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I love that. I missed something up here that I wanted to get in the chat. Mm. Maxine. Mm -hmm. Maxine said, my father died of suicide when I was 14. A few months later, I had a dream about him. He came to PE at school and just held me on his lap. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Maxine, that is, it's so powerful because what our culture says about suicide can be really scary. Yeah. And can be really cool. And I feel like for you to be able to have that experience with him, 
to hopefully know that he's okay, you know, is huge and hugely important for you. Boy, he was gifted. You know, when we talk about people being empaths, yeah. your dad was an empath. He was so gifted. I feel like from the time he was little, he had uh, a lot of gifts. He was super sensitive to the energy around him and had absolutely no support and nowhere to put that. I think that led to some pretty rough life decisions and some mental illness as well. Yeah. That kind of led him down the path that he ended up on, which is really unfortunate. Um, but you know, honey, he always loved you. He always loved you and he still does. I'm so sorry. I know that yeah. was had to have really, really rocked your teenage years. For sure. But it's important to know that, you know, all that stuff about people who um, commit suicide, that they go to hell and all of it. It's not true, you guys. It's not true at all. We've worked on lots and lots of um, suicide cases, and it isn't the case. A lot of times they get stuck and don't cross all the way over because they're afraid of where they might go. And we, uh, you know, have helped many uh, Mm -hmm. suicides cross all the way over. Mm-hmm. And really helped alleviate a lot of fear for people because they're not in any different place than anyone else is who's crossed over. It just they're, that those they're are not in deep shit. Up. They're not going to hell or whatever. No, no, being punished or going to limbo or whatever. You know, it's not. None of it's true. We no. all go to the same place. Yeah. Oh, Sarah said we used to eat dinner together as a family every night, and we would sit and talk about the day while I set the table. Okay. Yeah. No wonder he kept showing me the table. That was bonding time. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, Frankie said that she had a dream about a friend that died when she was a teenager. And this was also in PE. Isn't that interesting? That's she had so a dream cool. about her. They were in PE. It was so real. Those yeah. dreams that are so real, you guys, I absolutely believe that they are really real. Mm-hmm. They are. Absolutely. I think that's one thing. If you can take anything from the show, it is that, that if you dream about a family member visiting you, that's because they are. It's okay to accept that as real. That's a real visitation. That's a real moment of them saying, I'm here. I'm present for you. I'm not gone. That you, yeah. It's okay to believe that. Uh-huh. You know, people over the years have said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but no, no, we don't. We, we know that when somebody comes to you in a dream, it's because it's the easiest way to get through. Absolutely. We're the most yeah. open. It's the easiest way for them to get through and get a message to you. And, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. So I know we have more questions and I regret that we are not going to get to them. Yeah. Because I have to jet because I'm on another show at eight o'clock right. over on to radio. Um, I'm going to share a link with you guys in case you would like to come and listen. This is the network that I am. This is my day job, <laughs> kind of. And podcasting is my other day job, right? And mm-hmm. night job. <laughs> but um, this is not my show. It's my friend Kelly's show. But uh, we always do a Halloween show together. And so today's the day. So if you want to listen, come over at 8 uh, Mountain and come to 12radio.com and listen. And we have a chat room. As well on Facebook, it's one two radio. That's number one, number two radio. If you want to come and play with us, yeah. I don't know. We'll probably do some readings on that show. We're actually doing a little bit of uh, like old fashioned radio theater for Halloween. It's going to be super fun. And we're talking about the full moon. 
but definitely come back. You guys, we do this show every single Thursday night and we, we want to read for you. We want to be here for you. So we do, we do. And you can also find us. I, I read over at mystic sense.com. Yeah. I'm Chris Anna and Katie. I'm at one, two, listen, number one, number two, listen.com. And yeah. I am Katie Weaver. <laughs> so always yeah, get a read with either of us at those two sites. Yeah. Well, and you'll see in the, uh, what's it called? The description of this show, mm -hmm. all of the different ways to connect with us. We have yeah, finally all put together a whole list so you can connect that way. But thanks for being here. Have an awesome Halloween. Please be safe and smart. And we'll be back Monday morning with our regular uh, true crime paranormal episode for the week. Yeah. Yep. Oh, really quick. Maxine says, thank you so much. You are right on with him. He did make some bad decisions. And yes, I was taught that he went to hell, but I know that's not true because I felt his presence. I'm yeah. so glad that you got that, Maxine. So, so glad. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Be Thanks, well. Guys. Have a good Have night. Have a great night. This is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.